and welcome to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created to enhance, connect and inspire the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Paul Joy and it is a delight to present another conversation with a Yarra Old Grammarian, affectionately known as a Yog. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with Nikki Carroll from the class of 1996. I intend to ask her a little bit about what life was like when she first came to school as a year 10 student, one of a very small number of girls who were entering into our school community uh, for the first time as girls entering into year 10 and uh, what that was like. We are also planning to talk a little bit about um, some of the, the highlights and the challenges that her experience of school included and where life has taken her since. I'm sure that you're going to enjoy this conversation and please, if you do, then share it. Share it with others who might know Nikki. Maybe uh, there are other people too that you think would benefit from hearing this conversation. We'd love you to share it uh, and uh, and pass it on to continue to build this community, community of people who have been inspired by Yarra. But for now, here's Nikki. Nikki, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Paul. Great to have you with us. Now, Nikki, I wonder whether you can take us all the way back to the uh, mid-90s and you came here as a a year 10 student. Does that sound right? That's right. Um, I was part of the first group of girls to arrive at Yarra uh, as a year 10 cohort. Uh, There was about 30 of us, I think, um, who came across at that stage. So previously it had just been at year 11 and 12 and we were the, we were the first bunch of year 10s. So, so you are a, a rare species. There's about 30 girls in the mix of, I don't know, what, 80 boys in your year level? I think even a little more. The ratio was, uh, was quite a good ratio for the girls, yeah. <laughs> and so what does that mean to you? Like you, you, you turn up here and there's all these boys who are vying for position, dare I say? Yeah, I think um, it's safe to say they had been looking forward to uh, to our arrival. I think that's fair to say. Um, and I think um, I'd come from an all-girls school. I'd, I'd been at St Margaret's before that. Um, and um, it's it, it was very evident very early on uh, that it was, uh, you know, a very different dynamic. Um, and I think it was refreshing. Um, I'd, had, I'd had involvement with Yarra as you know, both of my parents um, were teachers at the school and so I'd had a fair bit of exposure to Yarra Valley um, growing up, um, which I think was a great thing because I was already, you know, there was a level of familiarity with the school physically, you know, I knew sort of the layout and I was quite comfortable there so that wasn't an overwhelming aspect um, but there was certainly uh, the, the change to having a co-educational experience, which for me was just a, a wonderful thing. Um, that's what, you know, I think co-education for me felt like the right fit very early. So so that's interesting. I, I do want to talk a little bit about your parents and, and their role at the school. But before we do, I want to just go back to just what you touched on there. And not only was co-ed new for the boys who were here in Year 10 back in 94 when you and, and 29 other girls arrived, but it was new for you too by the sounds of it, coming from an all-girls into a co-ed situation. And and you you used the word refreshing. Tell me a little bit about that experience. What what made sense to you about going from uh, single-sex 
education into a co-ed environment? I think it just felt um, that there were no, there was sort of no barriers, I suppose, between, you know, I'd been at a school where we had had, you know, exposure to the boys' schools through things like, you know, the school plays or the school musicals or, um, you know, dancing classes, all of those sort of traditional ways and, and, you know, parties and the social scene, obviously, but moving into an environment and classrooms and the common rooms, you know, being in there together, um, socialising at recess and lunchtime before school, after school, at, you know, sports trainings. Um, and the classroom, more importantly, probably was where I felt that um, there was just a different, I don't know if it was an openness maybe, there was, there was an openness to the discussions, lots of different viewpoints. Um, generally, you know, I found it really um, just a, a, an enthusiasm um, from everyone, I think, particularly at the start, you know, when we're all in it together. Um, and in year 10, you know, you're still, you're 15, you're not sort of in the VCE yet, so you're sort of still working out a bit what you want to do, what you want to focus on in terms of the subjects you're choosing, in terms of the activities that you want to get involved with. And I suppose for me it was that there was just such a range of things that I could be doing and um, the boys were just part of that it was all it was just there was equal access and equal opportunity for everyone to try whatever you wanted to try in the classroom or you know drama outdoor education we know it's on we went on some fantastic camps very early so we did a new students camp um which um, I think we had all of the girls plus the new boys which I think there was only a few of those at that stage um which is probably a better ratio for the boys at that point um, when we went on the on the camp. But things like that, it was just new and exciting for everyone. Um, so, which I I found coming from an all girls environment where I had some lovely friends and um, that I'd left behind, but just felt like it was just a, you know a really positive step forward. And. and- Positive is is certainly what I'm hearing from you, and and the the energy in your voice says that it was a, an experience for you where really your eyes were wide open of the opportunities that it created. And by the sounds of it, having boys there was just part of it all being new for you. That's right. Yeah, That's I think a, a great thing. It just felt natural. I think you know, it just felt like there was um, it was just the real world in 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 a really good way you know there was no sort of stigma attached to you know we were doing there was girls things that were to be done and boys things to be done we were just all in it together um which I think was also the group of people probably we had in our year you know it was very much everyone was all uh it was all very everyone was really involved and um it was it was a big year level but it felt like we all knew each other quite well Yes, Quite quickly yes. is what that was my that's my recollection of it. So it sounds all very positive. Where if we if we uh, came and kind of watched you for a little while over those three years, year 10, 11, 12, what are the the classrooms or the areas of the school that were your favourites? Where did you like to hang out? Well, in year ten, I don't know where it would be in the school now, but it was just up near the library, the year ten common area. And there were the portables up the back and then the area in front of what I think is still a footy. There's still a, a footy little area where the boys used to kick the footy. I should say boys and girls used to kick the footy 
Although I'm not sure that the boys did kick it to the girls all that often. There's some conjecture about whether that was whether that was a thing. Um, but we all sat out in that area. Generally, that was where all our classrooms gathered. In, uh, we were gathered in around those classrooms there, and we spent most of the recesses and lunchtimes up in that area, and then up towards um, the tuck shop, which you said, you know, you ducked in the back way and went up, which I think is all different now. But that's why we used to. There was a well-worn track, I think, between the tuck shop and uh, the ten um, common area, and then um, and then and that was generally, I think, where we spent most of our time. Um, socialising and going to class in that little, um, in that sort of little pod of, of, of classrooms there. Yeah. And if you can take us back, because this is, um, what, 20-something years ago. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> do you, what what were the sorts of things that you would go to the tuck shop for? What what would you buy? Like, was do you remember? Was it mixed lollies? Was it potato cakes? Was it an apple? Was it what are the sort of things you could get from the tuck shop back in the day? I'd like to say that I got an apple. Probably got an apple once or twice. Uh, I don't know if I made the best choices. Uh, probably they did have a fantastic jam donut with chocolate on. Like it was. It was all the things. So those were a popular thing. Um, and they used to have these fantastic. Um, I don't know if they still got them, but the eucalyptus and menthol lollies that were really crunchy that we'd all chew in class and, you know, we'd sort of take them back and have them in our pockets and we'd try really hard not to crunch loudly in class. I always remember using that would be quite quite a funny thing. Um, but, you know, I, I, there was I probably, I'm sure I snuck a few healthy sandwiches in there along the way, um, but we certainly, I think, um, took advantage of some of the, uh, the hot food um, uh, that was on offer. Um, it, was, it was a different area. It was obviously up near the, what was the old mini gym, and there was sort of outside what was the old PE teacher's um, office there was where the tuck shop was. Um, so we used to spend a lot of time up in that little quad up there. Um, uh, yeah, so that was a memorable times up there as well. So for our listeners who um, who don't recall back in the uh, early and, and even mid to late 90s, the area that Nikki's talking about is, is probably what we now know as Foundation Hall. Um, which would be what you referred to as the the small gym. Um, that area there used to have the tuck shop kind of tucked in there around it. Things have changed a little bit since then, but uh, I wonder whether back in the day, would you be aware of somewhere where your name might have been scribbled or scratched that may not should have been there perhaps? I think I was too... Too much of a rule follower, probably. To okay. Do that kind of thing. Tell me so more about following rules. Oh, um. I don't, oh, did I? That might be not true. I don't know if that's my recollection of myself, or I don't think I ever did something like that. Probably in the girls' toilets on a door, oh. back of a door. Is that sort of that sounds like the traditional way of probably doing something. Um, Certainly not that we're advocating that sort of behaviour <laughs> no. today. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't believe. I probably. I think I was probably a little too fearful of the uh, of the consequences if I was uh, if I was to be <laughs> caught doing that sort of thing. I wonder whether you could share a little bit about what were the subjects that really uh, connected with you. Were there certain um, teachers or subjects that you know kind of really set you on fire? Yeah. So. Um, I, I was always more uh, of a humanities 
um, student. So I think probably because of my dad being an English and literature teacher um, and I'd obviously grown up with a love of books and a love of writing, um, which, we, you know, my dad and I shared that, that passion. So I think naturally um, English and literature and then history, history sub- subjects for me were always a passion and that's where I tended to um, that's where I sort of tended to, to focus and that's the choices that I started to make as I moved through year 11 and 12 was more. Um, but then obviously as well, again, another influence of my mum being a PE teacher at the school um, and having played a lot of sport f- um, from a young age and being really encouraged um, t- with that then, you know, we did a lot of, there was a really great um, physical education um, curriculum that I got into pretty early on and I and I did through to year 12. Um, so, but generally, you know, and then I really worked hard on maths and science, but that wasn't as much of a natural fit form for me. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, I think it would have been great if I could have potentially focused on, on that at the time. But I think where I've ended up in, in my career, which we can talk about, but that the humanity side of things was certainly um, where my where I felt that my strengths were and my interests uh, was, was aligned with, with those types of subjects. So it sounds to me like your experience at Yarra was very positive. Your family's experience, you mentioned both mum and dad were both on staff here at Yarra uh, and, and that's the, the wonderful Dennis Carroll and also Mary Carroll. That's right. And um, my sister, Marnie Carroll, was in Year 12 at the time that I started, so... Yep, the whole the whole bunch of us all headed off to Ringwood every morning. Excellent. So, so I was going to ask about that. Where did you come from? What sort of suburb? And then how did you get to school and all the comings and goings? What did that look like back in the day? So we grew up in a place called The Patch, which is up in the Dandenong Ranges. I'm not sure if you've heard of The Patch. It's a pretty small little enclave, but it's near um, Mombolk, Belgrave, up near Puffing Billy, so generally where I give people something to refer to. Beautiful area. Beautiful part of the world. And um, mum and dad have only just sold the family home, so they lived there for a very long time, so they've just sold the family home in The Patch. So we used to drive out through... um, essentially out through Sylvan uh, and out through Montrose that way to school. And that is basically how I learned to drive um, in my Toyota Corolla. Uh, we generally, we'd, we'd, I think I generally would split. Sometimes, you know, we'd have sport after school. Or, so we'd take two cars and mum and I would mostly just have a sing-along and I would learn to drive. That's how I, that's how, so we generally, about a half-hour drive, um, through pretty beautiful countryside, um, and that was that was generally how we would get to school. So, um, I yeah, no, I caught the bus for a very long time to the previous school I was at, which is a very windy um, ride through up through the hills. So I was glad that I could just um, have have the, have the comfort of the car, and Mum and I would have a a pretty enthusiastic sing uh, on the way to school. Very good. And do you remember one or two of the songs along the way? I'd be really showing my age if I say that. Um, probably, mostly from movie soundtracks, I think, from the time. Probably things like Four Weddings and a Funeral soundtrack, I think those sorts of ones. I kind of, obviously, with Mum in the Car, it was a different kind of music to maybe some of the music I was listening to with my friends or in my bedroom, you know, think, taking myself terribly seriously about, you know, listening to, uh, you know, Led Zeppelin and, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, the Beastie Boys and thinking I yes. was just, you know, eating a bit. But no, Mum and I, I think, had a – there was an eclectic eclectic mix <laughs> that was in the car. That That's a beautiful memory to have, though, is to, to do those trips and those travels and, and singing or, or conversation when you're side by side on your way to and from school. You can – sometimes unpack the day a little bit and to be able to do that with your mum who who is a legend of the place yeah. uh, is a pretty special and privileged opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I think um, mum and dad um, in, in very different ways really shaped um, uh, my experience um, at the school. We used to joke, my sister and I used to joke that mum, you know, was such a beloved um, teacher and coach that so many of the students wanted her to be their mum and we'd be like, you know, back off a little, she's our mum, you know, she's pretty great. She just had that, you know, she just had that um, effect on people and I think for me that that really gave me my, you know, the focus for me, um, particularly on sport. I played a lot of sport. Um, she was my coach for a lot of things but um, I also, you know, then, you know, with Dad I could also be, you know, be in that world of books and literature as well. So they kind of, I think part of my enthusiasm for it and my love for the school was born out of of their, you know, being involved in it with them and sharing it with them. We are speaking with Nikki Carroll from the class of 1996. And, Nikki, your year 12 year turned out okay. Um, you performed admirably in your uh was it HSC or VCE? Probably it was VCE. VCE, VCE yes. Then, yeah. And and you ran okay, I reckon. Um, were you the ducks of the school? I was, which was quite a surprise. I remember finding out about that. Um, we went every year to Canberra at the end of the school year. We went to Canberra for a, the national volleyball tournament. Um, which is a lot of fun, and Mum and Alan Crawley, I don't know if you remember, Alan Crawley used to take um, maybe two girls' teams and two boys' teams and, and a bunch of coaches and we'd stay in a caravan park um, up in Canberra and for a week and play this tournament. And I and it was it was the week that we were getting our results, for our VCE results, and um, I remember sitting all of us on the morning because we could ring the line to find out our results and we, we all sat, we all went and sat in quiet parts of the caravan park, all the year 12 students, to make our phone calls and then sort of sit, and sit with the news and then share it together, which was a pretty lovely way of doing it actually because um, we were sort of, you know, you, we were there for each other. And I remember hearing my TER read out um, with the computer-generated voice on the line and it was quite a lot higher than I had been expecting, which was um, amazing and I still remember that. And then we all went and you know, congratulated each other and shared and, and, you know, had a lovely day of sharing that news. And then later on I remember getting a phone call when everyone's results were in and I think Dad called me, Mum mum was with us, so Dad called called me or someone from the school called me, but it may have been Dad, and said, yours is the highest. And I was just sort of quite amazed by that and it was a lovely feeling but it was quite a lovely surprise and, um, so it was, a, and again, we were, you know, then I go on, then I went and played a game of volleyball and, you know, sort of just dealt with that news and kind of let it all sink in. Um, so, yeah, it was a lovely, lovely surprise um, and, you know, quite unexpected because I'd done humanities as well. I think, you know, back in the day you were kind of aware that those were not sort of seen to be the subjects that would get, um, you know, sort of the, the more favourable rounding 
as more of the maths and science. Um, and so I'm never really sure how I would place, you know, with my with the selection of subjects. I had a maths subject in there um, and I had PE and then I had all humanities. So I was never really sure how it would be standardised. And I really didn't mind, actually, because I, they, were the, they were subjects that, that I liked and that I felt passionate about and that I probably wanted to, to move towards that. But the fact that I got a good result was just a, a bonus um, and, and an unexpected um, lovely surprise. Congratulations on that. Where did that lead to? What did you do when once you left Year 12 and you got back from Canberra and it's all success and it's all wonderful and it, it's better than what you had expected? What did that lead to then? Where did you go? Did you, you straight to uni? Did you do a gap year? Did you go straight to work? What happened next? So then, so um, I had applied for uh, arts law at Monash and Melbourne were my sort of two main sort of hopes that I would um, get into. I and I was lucky enough. Um, I remember again getting this, getting the news that I got into Melbourne University Arts Law. Um, I think we got up early and went and got the papers, you know, used to go into the city and get the papers um, and we got that and that was, again, just a, an amazing, you know, I had sort of, I think I wasn't, I would, I, you know, just got into arts law at Melbourne and I would have been really happy to go to Monash but um, I decided that I'd go to, to Melbourne. Um, and so I went straight into into university, um, which in hindsight I have thought a bit about that whether or not, I should have probably taken a break. Um, I was pretty tired after year 12. I think I'd put a lot of effort in and, you know, I did a lot of, I played a lot of sport as well as, um, and so, you know, my, most of my weekends, you know, I'd have a, a game and I'd train a lot during the week as well as school sports. So I was pretty tired and in hindsight I think possibly I could have done with a bit of a break before I started. Um, Be- because I, I imagine arts law at Melbourne, that's going to be pretty intense too. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it was. And I think that was probably um, because I hadn't done legal studies in year 12, which was interesting. Um, I had, I don't know, I can't really recall why I didn't. It just didn't make it into the mix of subjects that I chose for year 11 and 12. Um, and I sort of always thought in the back of my mind that I would that I would like to do law, but it was never a sort of a premeditated thing that you know. So I didn't do it, and so I guess there was a, I'm not sure, but probably a pretty big cultural shock for going to going into doing some pretty like first year is, you know, the, the subjects are torts, which is pretty sort of you know technical area of the law, and very sort of old school conceptual stuff that I think was pretty tricky to get your head around. And then, you know, we moved straight into some pretty some constitutional law, that kind of stuff was, you know, a really big step. Um, and so I and I probably could have done with some time away just to give myself some perspective and, and some rest before I launched in. But, you know, at the same time I was really excited about it and, you know, I would had I made some great friends. Um, you know, I was still really good mates with some people from school um, and some of them were at Melbourne and we'd still hang out. But then um, there was a lot of people doing law who I really became really good friends with as well. So, um, yeah, in hindsight, I wonder whether a year off would have um, would have helped. Um, I was working, you know, I was working in hospitality in Carlton nearby, which was a lovely, you know, sort of have some time um, away from the study as well. 
Um, but yeah, in hindsight, I wonder whether a gap year would have been a good idea. Mm. And where has that led to today? So you, you've you finished school, you did well at school, then you got stuck into your studies at university. And that was a, how many years there? And then what happened after that? Um, so it's a, it was a five-year degree. It's, diff- it's structured differently now, but it was a five-year degree, um, which took me about eight, seven, okay. eight, maybe. Um, I did take a year off eventually and lived in London and travelled through Europe um, for a year and a half or so. Um, and then I also uh, decided that I wanted to start working in the field and, in, and get into working in an office environment um, and I worked for the Ombudsman's office, the Victorian Ombudsman, which was um, in that there's a lot of Ombudsmen now, but back in when I was doing it, there was a Victorian Ombudsman who was a statutory appointed um, Ombudsman who had a really broad jurisdiction. Um, so I went to work for him three days a week as well as studying three days. I think it was two days actually, two days of work and three days of university. Um, so very that was from about probably fifth year. So I did that quite purposefully that I thought I really want to get some hands-on experience here and start, start immersing myself um, at that stage in public, public law, which is where I sort of thought that I'd like to go at that point. And, and where does a decision like that, where does the wisdom behind that come from? Is that, is that something that your, your family instilled in you? Was it something that your education and your background at school suggested might be? Because that, that's a... a an, an initiative that is, you know, now that you can look back and go, that was a really wise move. Yeah. I think it was about, I think, thinking back, one of the things that I, that I think really um, marked my time at Yarra, and I think the same applies to a lot of my friends at school, was that we did a lot of things. You know, we were really involved across a range of things. So we weren't you know, uh, you know, we were all involved in, you know, not just our studies, but we would all, lots of us in the school plays, the school musicals, sports, outdoor education was really big for a bunch of, of people in our year um, and in our friendship group. Um, sports was huge. Debating, I was also, you know, we were, we kind of ran the gamut a bit of, of all the things on offer. And I think that that was, that's what kind of, for me, defined Probably my friendship group at school was involvement across a lot of um, activities and we had, you know, a range of things we were interested in. Music, like a lot of my friends played in bands and I remember one spectacular uh, uh, performance of mine as a backing vocalist in a battle of the bands at Pentridge, just at a place near Pentridge Prison. That was a great, great night. I think I sang about four words and mucked up the rest. And we didn't win. But, you know, lots of kids were into, you know, I was friends with a bunch of guys and girls who were really into music and playing music, um, but then equally sport and everything else. So I think being involved in a lot of different things and not just focusing just particularly on our academic pursuits was one of the things that really was instilled in us at Yarra that then I think I took that into my tertiary studies was don't just get narrow focused on just the academic side of things. You've got, that's pretty intense. You've got to keep involved in a lot of things. And that's why I think I thought I'm not just going to sit in the lecture theatre here. I'm going to go out and see the world and see if this is actually what I want to do in, in the real world, not just in, 
you know, in that sort of in academic pursuit setting. And and as an educator today, from my perspective, I would continue to encourage uh, young people today to to be broad and have a go at as many different things. And that was your experience. And and it, dare I say, even more so than maybe for many of our students today, you had the opportunity to, to do even more and try even more. It sounds like you took that into your tertiary studies and, and that sort of moment in your life. Can I press a little deeper into today? Would you still say that you've got a bit of a balance happening there between all the different aspects of life? I think I think so. I'm not sure always to my uh, sometimes. Uh, yes, I have three children, three young boys, um, six, eight, and ten, um, and a lovely, lovely, beautiful boys and a beautiful husband. Um, we are very active, as you can imagine, with three young boys. Um, we have, uh, I work full time, uh, which has not always been the case, but at the moment I'm working full time. Um, I am, not to blow my own trumpet here, I'm training to shuffle a half marathon uh, in, in a couple of months, which, so I, I, I run and I, um, I enjoy a very crazy spin class that I go to twice a week. Um, and I see a lot of, you know, my family, my friends, we're busy. And I would say that, you know, I kind of am at my best, I think, when I've got a lot of things on the go. And um, that's when I, you know, I like being involved and, and busy. And that's the, that's sort of how life has has transpired. So yeah, I think I think that is, is a theme that has certainly um, has followed through from my time at school. And, and potentially you might use some of those same examples to answer this, but the notion of success, what does success mean to you? Have you made it? Is it still a journey? Have you ticked a lot, a lot of the things already on your list? What what success? Can you kind of round about that for me? Well, success for me in terms of my my legal career. So I, as I say, I worked at the Ombudsman's Office and then I was lucky enough to get articles, um, which is your training year of becoming a lawyer after university, you do a year. It's actually not, gosh, I am old. It's not like that anymore. <laughs> it's changed slightly. There's graduate programs. Um, and I got my articles at the Victorian Government Solicitor's Office um, through my work at the Ombudsman, etc. cetera. And um, that was an amazing year and I found that in that in that year, I really enjoyed commercial law. So, um, and then I moved from there into working for Freehills, which is now Herbert Smith Freehills, one of the biggest commercial firms working in um, infrastructure projects, and, and it's a very much a commercial um, commercial law uh, that I was working in, which is really where I'd wanted to be. I really love that practical nature um, of the law that I was practicing, and I was there for twelve years. So. Um, at Freehills, which was in, you know, very busy um, but a wonderful time um, professionally. But then I realised that I was working very hard and I was not necessarily always working on deals or projects that inspired me um, that, and I was spending, you know, a lot long hours in the office and um, I really felt that if I was going to be doing that, it was some, I wanted to be getting out of bed and, and spending my days doing something that really inspired me and I'd reached a point where that wasn't happening at Freehills. And so I decided that I wanted to look into the area of working in impact investing. Um, and I was fortunate enough through, you know, um, 
the, the circle of friends that I moved in um, to um, be offered a job at, at a, um, my current role, which is as general counsel at Impact Investment Group, um, which essentially Impact Investing is um, we work on uh, projects and investments that deliver social and environmental returns as as you know as it more as it, as of much importance as financial returns. So we're a fund manager. Um, that works in property and renewable energy and venture capital that um, in the impact investing space. So because I'd set my sights on wanting to do something inspiring but also with my legal background, I kind of have found myself in this role that is the perfect combination of those things. And so if that's a measure of success, that I then I feel like I'm in a pretty plum role at the moment, um, which I feel very lucky about. Um, so yeah, if that's if that's what that measure is, then I think at the moment I'm I'm pretty pleased with with where things are at at the moment. And at the same time, and yes, I would agree with that. But at the same time, uh, looking after you know and keeping three kids on the go and keeping fit yourself and keeping up with family and friends and all of those, add that all together, it seems to me that you've got got it all happening. And uh, and people often say, and I guess I would say. To, to people who choose to listen to me from time to time, I would say <laughs> that it is important to slow down some of the time. But I also agree that for some people, going at a particular rate of knots is when they are at their sweetest spot. That, that for some people, that is when they are at their best. And it seems to me like you are one of those who, who actually likes to have lots of things on the go. I think that's right. I think I'm – but I think as I um – Probably as the kids get older um, and we just, my husband and I, um, we we love being at, at the beach and, and we love being um, out in the bush. So we, we, we're going to move um, to a, a property that's a rural property um, that with our kids that has a lot of space and um, that is just we want open-ended time to just do anything and nothing. Um, as well as then have the professional life, which is very busy and the kids love being at school and with their friends and there's a whole energy that comes with that. But I think we're also making a conscious decision to slow down and to get away from the city and to, um, you know, um, just have time together, not having to be planned out or um, to, to be sort of, you know, everything scheduled in at a certain time, just to have time to be together with our friends, our kids' friends, our family in a setting that's, that is quieter um, and it just has some time just to be together and, and I'll always love being busy. I'll always love that 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 sense of that. But I think it as we've the kids certainly as the kids have got a bit older, we've made a conscious decision as well to slow down a little. I think that's wonderful and and I also appreciate that you've needed to be intentional about that. It's a deliberate, conscious choice that you're making and and I I, I applaud that. I think that that's a marvellous thing. Um, we're almost needing to uh, to wrap up our conversation, but I wonder whether if I offered you uh, the, our school motto, Lavavi Oculus, what does that, do you remember what it means? And if you remember what it means, and I'm happy to help you with that, but what does it actually mean to you? Lavavi Oculus is? Lift up my eyes. Yes. Yes, and there you go. If, I do remember if, that. I think well I just done. remember that because the song was quite catchy. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. And it's interesting from time to time, a number of our guests here on, on the Inspired by Yarra podcast refer to 
the school song. And it's a good one. <laughs> we we don't know it today. It's not something that's part of our um, our regular kind of e- event and experience at the moment. Which I think I dare say is something that we've lost. But, oh, it's um, great. Yeah, I remember we used to give it a lot of. Um, uh, yeah, we used to sing it. I think we used to sing it in the performing arts centre at some assemblies and things. And probably, I'm not sure if we sang it with you know in the, in the context it was meant to at the school's swimming sports and you know other things. We probably shouted it more than sang it. I think, but um, I think for me, if I think about that, I think lift up my eyes for me. For me, just means aim high. You know, there's there's no reason you can't you know, aim, aim high and, and seek to achieve the things that um, you see up there uh, ahead of you that you really want. And I think for me, not to sound, you know, overly corny, but I believe that that my experience that you and I have had a chat about today at Yarra Valley really did set me up for that to really, you know, there's nothing you, you can't achieve if you just look ahead and aim, aim for it. Mm. You know, that, that's probably for me, I, I, you know, without it sounding too sentimental, but that's for me I think has been something I've, I've you know, tried to, to, to live by. And it seems to me that uh, it's a good way to do it because it sounds like uh, you're experiencing lots of lots of highs along the way and, uh, and ticks in some of those boxes that uh, many people would aspire to. So keep up the good work. Thanks. I have uh, a, a short or a, a lightning round, if you like. I've got some short, sharp questions that might have uh, short answers, one to two word answers, and okay. uh, we're just going to go quick fire. So the okay. first thing that pops into your head. Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, we're speaking with uh, Nikki Carroll from the class of 1996. Nikki, when you were at Yarra, what house were you in? Arnott. What would you likely to open up in your lunch, in your school lunch on any given day when you are at school? That is a really tricky one. I do think I went to the tuck shop quite a bit because I think mum probably had an account with Barb Biggs. At the end. <laughs> so I think probably we had lunch orders quite a bit. Mum worked full time. She didn't have time to be making to me making lunches, probably something from the tuck shop. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, if you had your choice, what was your favourite between school swimming or school athletics? Oh, probably... Oh, both. I really liked both. Although I think probably earlier on athletics, I was I was sort of fast in year ten, and then I wasn't fast in year eleven. <laughs> I think everyone else caught up to me. So probably athletics early, swimming later, when my skills tapered off in the <laughs> athletics. <laughs> what was the first car that you drove? The first car that you owned and drove? A Toyota Corolla, white with two tone brown stripes on the side. His name was Keith. He was he was wonderful. Keith, Keith the Corolla. Keith the Toyota Corolla. Yeah, he was great. And I, I actually turned 18 very early in year 12 and so I would have, I was the designated driver for all of my friends. So Keith was full often. So we had lots of good times in Keith. <laughs> very good. Now you, you've expressed your uh, interest in, in humanities and English and, and so on. So I, I have to ask, what if, if you can narrow it down, what's your favourite book? To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. probably from back in those days. Um, what have I, read? I recently read um, The Arsonist by Chloe Hooper, which I thought was magnificent as well, which has just, that blew me away. That was a recent one. So 
um, recent favourite, that yeah, one. Yeah, that's good. And, that's good. Yeah. You've given us both ends. That's great. What uh, is a musical or a play that you remember from your time at Yarra, whether you were in the audience or on stage, that was one of your favourites? Oh, I have to say probably uh, The Wizard of Oz, uh, where I played the Wicked Witch of the West. And, oh, and uh, how did you go in that role? Well, I it was so much fun, but um, I do remember uh, I was the, my boyfriend at the time was the scarecrow, and um, we scared the munchkins quite a bit, and uh, in our costumes, and some of the little preppies had little moments on the stage. <laughs> so um, we had to go and have a familiarisation session with the preps to show that we weren't actually a scarecrow and a wicked witch. So I think yeah, the Wizard of Oz, but also Oliver was wonderful as well. Yeah, they're good memories, aren't they? Um, and you've experienced the notion of team in lots of ways, both on the sporting field, but also the team of musicians and backstage and actors and performers. That's a team too, and, and everybody's got to play their part. Absolutely. I have the fondest memories of our productions, both the plays. We did 12 Angry Men and Women. We did a, a production of 12 Angry Men and Women one year, which was just you know, amazing. We took ourselves very seriously, I think, for that production. But we, we really enjoyed it. And all of the productions every year was such a such a camaraderie um, was developed by, by by the teachers and uh, it was a beautiful thing. I loved that, that those times. Who was the school captain back in 1996? The girls' school captain was Claire Nakakis and the boys' school captain was Gavin McRae. Well done. Still, I, still, I saw Gavin recently and um, I worked with him actually at my previous law firm um, and that was, a love, that was lovely to catch up with Gavin. He's a really he's a good man. That's great. And, and so just to conclude this lightning round, what is your involvement or connection with Yarra today, whether it be uh, here at the school or, in fact, with uh, your classmates and, and from the class of 96 and either side of that? Yeah, so... Um, I still see um, a bunch, I have a close group of girlfriends um, from from my time there, so a close bunch of girlfriends that I catch up with pretty regularly. And then, you know, it's been the sort of season for, I'm going to show my age again, it's been the season for 40th birthdays recently, and so there's been a lot of um, 40ths that we've all been catching up at recently. Um, we had our 20-year reunion recently, which was pretty, um, pretty fun night. Um, so there's still a broad group of people that you keep in contact with um, that I keep in contact with and you keep in contact on social media and other, you know, there's there's those kind of connections. Um, but, yeah, I still have my close-knit group of girls um, who mean so much to me um, and we'll always be friends. So that's a beautiful thing. Fantastic. And as a, a way of wrapping up, I wonder whether you might share with us perhaps the best piece of advice that you ever received or maybe you can turn it around and offer some advice to our audience. Now, our audience is made up of current Yarra students as well as it is made up of Yogs, Yarra Old Grammarians, and I wonder whether you've got some advice that you could offer with all your years of wisdom, with all the inspiration you've had over the journey. Um, I think, think, well, the advice I remember being given was just get involved, you know, try everything, Um, give it a go, you know, that was certainly um, from, that was my parents and then the, my teachers and friends, we just were encouraged to give it a go. And I think now um, I probably still have that sense of roll up your sleeves and, and just give it a go and, and, and you, you, you know, it might not come off and it might not, you might, might not be 
what you think it will be, but you you got to give it a go. Fantastic. That uh, sounds like good advice to me. And and with that, we will conclude this delightful conversation and the opportunity to sit down with Nikki Carroll from the class of 1996. Nikki, thanks for giving us some of your time today um, and taking time out to spend some time with us and uh, and share some of those memories and uh, some of those finer moments, not only of your schooling life, but uh, the journey since that time. And uh, Thank you for being an inspiration too, and by the sounds of it, inspired by Yarra. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Paul. It's been lovely. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. What a gem is Nikki Carroll from the class of 1996. Just enjoyed her time, just loved her time at school, and, and there's no doubt that as a family they have left their mark on this place and in our history books, and in fact, uh, as um, many of you would know, that uh, Nikki's father, Dennis, was responsible for our 50th anniversary book. Uh, her mum, Mary, head of girls' sport for 35 years or more, and uh, people, as you've heard on this podcast, continue to mention the impact of teachers in their lives, including Dennis and Mary Carroll. But Nikki as well as her sister, but in this situation, Nikki, a force in her own right. What a delight. I hope you'll enjoy, have enjoyed this episode and will continue to tune in to Inspired by Yarra. Subscribe so that you won't miss out on an episode. My name's Paul Joy and on behalf of everyone here at Yarra, I want to wish you another day of inspiration where you go out there and with intention make a positive impact in the world around you. Ooh, 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 ooh.